need to experience restoration after devastation. In a literal sense, ruins are the aftermath of a devastating experience. And we've all had losses on various levels of pain in our life. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I've got good news for you. Because the God that we serve is a God who brings restoration after our devastation. Throughout the Bible, we see that God is a God who brings comfort. And He wants you to know, beloved saints, that failure does not mean finished. Failure is actually a step to go forward in faith to new levels of blessing and breakthrough that God wants to give you in your life. And I would say to you, not failure, but favor, because you are highly favored. Now, beloved saints, before we begin today's podcast, I want to bring to your attention our website, mydayofdestiny.com. You can go there, go on our website. And while you are on our website, beloved saints, you can download any of our former uh, podcasts. You can also order my latest book, Secrets of the Anointing, which was actually featured on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural. I really would encourage you to order this if you are going forward in ministry and want to know the supernatural secrets of the anointing in your own life. Now, beloved, let's get started today because today we are going to delve into the promises of destiny, how God is going to turn mourning into miracles in your life. We're going to begin today's podcast with Psalm 126, verse 1. The Bible says, When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. What does this mean? When the Bible says, When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. First of all, beloved, there are two Zions. There is the literal Zion, the ancient Zion, that all of the prophets prophesied consolation after devastation. All of the prophets, beginning with Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all of the 12 minor prophets, the Treazar, except for Jonah, Hosea, and Amos, we see All of those minor prophets were prophets to Zion. They came and they brought words of consolation. Why? Because on the ninth day of the month of Av, on the biblical calendar, both temples were burnt to the ground. The first one in 587 BC, which was the temple that Solomon built. And the second one after Solomon's temple was rebuilt 400 years later on the same day, the same temple that was rebuilt burnt to the ground. As a result, God's people went into excruciating exile. They were rooted up, taken out of their land, 
brought to Babylon and in the period of the Romans in 70 AD when the second temple burnt to the ground, 97,000 Jews were taken captive as slaves and brought throughout the Roman Empire scattered and over 1 million of the inhabitants of Jerusalem were slain in the Roman crushing. Beloved saints, God already promised restoration before those dark days of devastation. You see, this is literal Zion, ancient Zion. Ancient Zion's destiny was not to be crushed. Ancient Zion's destiny was to have her ruins rebuilt. And this is why the prophets prophesied the words of consolation. I want to read to you Zephaniah's prophecy to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem. Zephaniah's prophecy is one that prophesies Great, great joy, rejoicing, days of mourning that were turned to days of miracles. The Bible says, sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, and be glad. For the Lord has taken away your judgments and your enemy is cast out. I want you to know that we are in the biblical period of what is called the 21 days of messianic miracles. What are these messianic miracles anyway? And what are the 21 days? The 21 days begin a period of national mourning that intensifies between the fourth month and the fifth month on the biblical calendar, which on our calendar is actually this week. We see that these 21 days between the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth, as the prophet Zechariah prophesies in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 19, and the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love peace and truth. You may be saying, Dr. Corral, that's great. I'm glad you know the, the history of Zion, but could you please tell us how that affects our life in 2021? I want to tell you, beloved saints, it completely affects your life because these fasts that were normally known as fasts of mourning, the fast of the fourth, the fast of the fifth, which were the intense days of mourning, shall be to the house of Judah, joy and gladness. What is this? This means that during the time of the Messiah, a tremendous reversal will take place. For Zion, that which was meant, that which was devastation will become restoration. That which was a time of great, um, of the enemy greatly invading, plundering, taking God's people captive to the land of exile is now going to be a time of return, recovery, a time of release, a time of taking back territory, a time of restoring treasures back into its place and position. What does that have to do with you in 2021? Well, beloved saints, the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4 likens the church unto Zion. You see, we are like Zion because the church has been destined 
for promise. And you see, the city of Jerusalem is a city of promise. The Bible tells us that the Lord prefers the, hab- the, the city of Jerusalem above all the habitation and dwelling places of Jacob. The Bible says in Psalm 102, verse 13, that time has come, yea, the set time has come to favor her. So as we read the promises of favor, the promises of return, the promises of reversal, the promises of recovery during this season, God wants you to know you are spiritual Zion. You are children destined for promise. You are not destined for dilemma. You are destined for destiny. And this is why the Bible says in Zephaniah chapter chapter 3, Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. The last line says in verse 13, uh, You will not see evil anymore. Because the Lord, if you go back up into the verse, the Bible says the Lord has cast out your enemy. This means the enemy is being driven out of your destiny. The enemy is being driven out of your land. Now, beloved saints, this is why we see these incredible promises given by the prophet Zephaniah. Zephaniah says, at that time, what time? At the time God ends the captivity of Zion. At that time, I will undo all that afflict you. And the Bible says, I will gather her that was driven out. This means God is going to bring you from a place of spiritual exile, a place of feeling distanced from your destiny, a place of being in darkness, a place of not knowing what is happening. Why do I feel this sense of isolation, this sense of separation? Why does it seem like the promises that God gave me are not working anymore? God wants you to know, dear child of God, that during this season of the 21 days of messianic miracles, God is about to bring you back into the land. The Bible says, I will gather her that was driven out. Now watch this. God has promised to remove your shame and restore your name. This is what the Bible says at that time. The Bible says, I will gather you and make you a name and give them fame and praise everywhere in the land where they were put to shame. God wants you to know, beloved saints, that at this time, God is about to reverse it. Let's look and see what God's word says in the book of Galatians. As we look at Galatians chapter four, the prophet uh, Isaiah is going to be quoted by Paul, the apostle. The Bible says, now watch this, that Paul is going to use Jerusalem as a type, as a shadow of the church. Why? Because Jerusalem was destined for promise. Jerusalem is the city of promise. This is what the Bible says in verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is free, is mother of us all. Continuing in the context, verse 27 says, for it is written, he's quoting Isaiah 54 here. He says, for as it is written, rejoice thou barren that did not bear. And the Bible says, break forth and cry and travail. Um, you that travailed not for the desolate has more children than her that has a married wife. 
Now we, brethren, as Isaac, are children of the promise. Notice that Paul is saying, you are a child of the promise. You are like the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now let me go just a sense, just a step further. You see, when Jerusalem was plundered by her enemies, God, in his mercy, in his compassion, brought validation and identification to the pain of Zion. I want you to understand. Some of you say, why is Zion always likened unto a mother? Notice we just read it here in Galatians chapter 4, verse 26. But Jerusalem is mother, which is above, is mother of us all. What does this mean? For some of us, this feels extremely uncomfortable. We can't understand it. But when we understand it in the context of spiritual similitude, you see, Zion was going to be emptied out of her inhabitants. No more inhabitants in Zion because everyone was being plundered by the enemy and uprooted and brought into exile into the land of Babylon. But I want you to know that the only way that God could show the inhabitants that he is the God of identification. He identifies with us. And he is also the God of validation. You say, Dr. Corral, what do you mean by this? What does it mean he's the God of validation, the God of identification? Have you ever been in a place of suffering in your life and you tried to tell someone what you're going through? And they were so cold and indifferent, they really didn't get it. What you needed was validation. You needed someone to say, you know what? I'm so sorry you're going through that. I don't, I don't know the depths of your pain, but I want you to know I'm here for you. Validation, not condemnation, not you did it to yourself, but validation. Identification is something even greater than validation. Identification is what God brought to the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says in Isaiah 63, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the right hand of his salvation saved them. So what is this whole business about Zion being a mother? You see, God calls the inhabitants of Jerusalem the daughter of Zion and refers to Zion like a mother because God is, in a spiritual sense, identifying with the pain because he wants Jerusalem to know the only way I can show you that I know the depths of your suffering is for you to see a mother who is bereft of her children. A mother who is bereft of her children cannot be comforted. A mother who is bereft of her children cannot laugh again. A mother who is bereft of her children is in shock. And Zion was bereft of her inhabitants. So you see, God is showing the inhabitants of Zion that he identifies with this pain. This is why he says, can a woman forget her nursing child, though she may forget? I will not forget you, O Jerusalem. 
Now, the reason God is showing Zion that he so, so wants to validate their pain is because the promises are so great that unless someone understands the depths of the dilemma, unless someone totally understands the roots of the pain, the agony, the shame, the hurt that Zion went through when the Babylonians and later the Romans plundered her, that unless there is an understanding, how can someone possibly receive such exceeding great and precious promises that God has promised Zion? Let me read some of them to you that are so very precious because why? Their promises not just beloved saints. Their promises not just for ancient Zion. They are promises for spiritual Zion. They are promises for you. You that have been bereft of your dream. You that have been bereft of that which you built. Someone lost a business, but don't weep over it. You're going to get it back. There are others who went through relationships that were being destroyed, life that was destroyed, and you don't know how to build it again. Some of us have lost the courage to start over because we don't want the heartache of disappointment again. But I have a word for you. The Bible says when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. God wants you to know that the sign that your bondage is broken is when you start dreaming again. God wants you to start hoping again. God wants you to start designing that dream again. God wants you to go forward in your dream again. God wants you to know he is going to pick up the pieces and the second is going to be greater than the former. God is going to use every bit of pain to train for greatness. God wants you to know you are not forgotten, that he loves you with an everlasting love. Dear children of God, he wants you to know this. This is why, again, Zion is likened unto, the Bible says, from the prophet Jeremiah. He is one that is also going to express to Zion God's good pleasure to rebuild her ruins. This is what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 15 through uh, 17. These are some of the most precious scriptures recorded in the entire Bible. And no, it doesn't end in mourning. It ends in rejoicing. It ends in victory. It ends in prosperity. It ends in double compensation for all your devastation. Watch and see what the Bible says. Thus saith the Lord. Notice going back up to verse 15. Thus saith the Lord. Jeremiah 31, 15. A voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted of her children because they were not. First of all, you got to understand something. Anywhere in the Bible, I don't care where you look, Rachel never wept for her children because she died in childbirth. Okay, she didn't weep over Joseph because Joseph was sold into slavery right before she died right after she died. So so Rachel never lived to see the kidnapping of Joseph. She never wept over Joseph. As far as Rachel was concerned, Joseph was happy. Joseph was happy-go-lucky. Joseph was the son of promise. She never knew that Joseph was going to be sold into slavery, kidnapped, brought down to a dark place and brought into a place where his brothers would consider him as dead. A voice was heard in Rama, weeping in bitter lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted of her children. 
And again, we don't see her weeping over Benjamin because she died in childbirth. She named him Ben-Oni, but before that name, Ben-Oni was actually put upon Benjamin. Jacob changed his name from Ben-Oni to Benjamin, son of my right hand. Ben-Oni, son of my sorrow. Benjamin, son of my right hand, born right there in Bethlehem. There she died on the side of the road, right there in Ephrat, which now has become the the city where Bethlehem is, near where Jesus was born. I want you to understand, Jacob and Rachel were actually prophesying in the death of Rachel. Ben-Oni, son of my sorrow. Ben-Yamin, son of my right hand. Now, I want you to understand, we don't see Rachel weeping for her children, but we do see Jacob weeping. The Bible tells us when they brought Jacob the torn up coat, they handed it when they faked the death of Joseph and put the goat's blood on the coat. They brought the coat to Jacob and Jacob took the coat and they said, recognize this. And Jacob took the coat and he saw it tattered and he tore his garments and put dust upon his head and said, I will go down to the grave mourning for my son, Joseph. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, all that his sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. So the one who refused to be comforted was not Rachel. The one who really refused to be comforted was Jacob. So what is this, Jeremiah? What are you showing us here in Jeremiah 31 verse 15? What does this mean? If it's saying Rachel and Rachel never wept for her children, uh, really it was Jacob weeping. What are you trying to tell us? You're trying to tell us every person who has ever cried a tear that God already understands the depths of that despair. And there is a word for you. Those of you who have the type of a sorrow that you just can't get it out of your mind. Maybe someone died. Maybe you lost a business. Maybe you went through a breakup. Maybe you went through a divorce and you feel so broken. You don't know if you can get up tomorrow and face work. You might have a tremendous job and you have to slap a smile on your face and go to that desk and try to work and smile at everybody and be Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. But I want you to know that God sees your suffering. God knows your heart. And God has a word for you right now in these 21 days of Messianic miracles. God wants you to know this is not your destiny. You are not going to stay stuck in the storm. Here's what the Bible says. Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they shall come again from the land of the enemy. Who is they? They are her children and children can be anything you birthed out. Children can be your vision. Children can be your life work. Children can be anything that was born from you, from your labor, from your prayer, from your fasting, from your trying, from anything you ever built. They're going to come again from the land of the enemy. God has already promised it. And in a literal sense of scripture, every mother who is weeping for her children that has gone into exile in drugs or in some kind of thing or gone 
away from the faith that you raised them in. Your children that are kind of at this moment separated from the family. God has given you a word right now that this is the season that they are going to return. God is going to bring them back. Hallelujah. And here's what the word says. There is hope in your end, says the Lord. Your children shall come again to their own border. That means the place of promise. God wants you to know that he is about to bring back the dream. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. You see, these 21 days formerly were days of mourning. And when we think of mourning, God doesn't just say, okay, shove it under the carpet, just uh, chin up, just let it go, have faith, just go forward. Of course we have faith. You wouldn't be walking if you didn't have faith. It takes more faith for you to go to work, for you to get in the car and turn it on and know that you have to face all kinds of trials, tribulations, and all kinds of things that you'd never put in the script of your life, things that shocked you, things that were devastated you. Of course, there are situations, beloved saints, that you're weeping about. You can't shove it under the carpet and pretend it didn't exist. This is why these 21 days of messianic miracles are important to evaluate tears because God does put a price tag on our pain. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that he puts our tears in a bottle. I want you to understand something. The Bible says they that sow in tears, Psalm 126 for the captives of Zion, they that sow in tears are going to reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed. Did you know that your tears and your travail was seed for your destiny? Did you know that it was seed for a miracle? Did you know that it was seed for purpose? Did you know that it was seed for ministry? Did you know that it was seed for your career? Did you know that it was seed for something that only you are going to be able to do to help others with? Did you know? The Bible says, for the Bible says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And the Bible says, he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again. What is that about? Doubtless come again means you're going to have a comeback. Doubtless means without a doubt, you are going to come back after the crisis. Without a doubt, it's over. Without a doubt, it's just a season. It's just a night season and night seasons end. Night seasons don't last forever. Did you know that weeping only endures for a night? The Bible says it's just a night. Whether your night is 24 hours or whether your night is a week or whether your night is five years, it will end. God has promised it. God is not a man that he can lie. I can promise you right now, based on God's word, that what you are going through is going to end. It's not going to last forever. And the reason I can promise you that is because God's word says it. So we stand on it. Weeping only endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, beloved, I want to share with you one final scripture so you understand the way God, the way God loves Zion and you are spiritual Zion. The Bible says, verse 17 of Isaiah 49, 
Isaiah was one of the prophets that continually prophesied consolation. Before the devastation in Zion, he already filled Zion with the word that it's going to turn before it happened. You see, we serve a God who's already got our back before the attack. Verse 17 says, thy children shall make haste. The destroyers that made you waste shall go forth of you. What does that mean? That means the destroying spirit that came into your destiny, tried to plunder, tried to take everything you had, tried to take everything from your church, tried to wipe you out. The destroyers, the Bible says, are going to go forth from you. That means they're out. They're leaving. No more violence and destruction shall be heard in your land. And again, we stand on God's word. Isaiah 61 verse 20, the last line says, the days of your mourning shall be ended. I want to say this again, expiration on your tribulation, the days of your mourning shall be ended. This is why the Bible continues to say, Lift up your eyes round about, going down, verse 19, for your waste and for your desolate places, and for the land of your destruction shall be too narrow for you by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallowed you up are going to be far away from you. What does this mean? This means that Zion that was emptied out of her inhabitants is going to be full again, and you're going to have to expand in order to hold all the children. This is what God was telling Zion, like a mother who was bereft of her children. They are coming back. The inhabitants of Zion are coming back and now there needs to be expansion. God is saying you're going to expand on the right. You're going to expand on the left. You're going to grow and God is going to increase you. This is why the Bible says, watch this. Notice verse 20. And the children which you shall have after, you, after you've lost the other. Wow, this means after you lost the other? There's going to be other children after you've lost the other? This is the words of consolation that God is giving to Zion. Shall say in your, in your ears, the place is too straight, it's too narrow. Give us place that we may dwell. Then you will say in your heart, who has begotten me these? Where did I get these children? Notice verse 21. Where did I get these children? I have lost my children. I'm desolate. I'm a captive. I'm moving to and fro. In other words, it's impossible, Zion, for you to have any more children. You are a captive. You were brought to the land of exile. How in the world could your children come back to you? There's no way you're like a barren woman. There's no way that you are able to give birth. But I want you to know that God is saying to you right now, no matter what has happened in your life, you may say it's impossible for me to get the dream Back. It's impossible for it to grow. Overnight, you're going to open your eyes and you are going to see as you faithfully serve God and as you have stood on his word and as you have faithfully endured and not given up and been there and shown the love of God and persevered in the promises of God and been faithful serving God in the midst of your pain. Watch and see what God is going to do. God is about to send children into your land that are so abundant. Those children are blessings. Those children represent represent the promises. Those children represent everything that God has promised you. It's coming back into your land and you're going to say, hey, wait a minute. When did this miraculous multiplication happen in your, in my land? It happened overnight. And God is saying, that is what is going to happen 
to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and glory for these 21 days of messianic miracles. We ask you, Lord, that as we enter into this time, Father God, this messianic time, this time of miracles, this time of multiplication, this time of supernatural multiplication after desolation. Lord, we ask you to bring Zion back. Bring spiritual Zion back. We thank you that every person is going to have a revelation of this word that's listened. Lord, we ask you to give your people the courage to get up again and start over because the second is going to be greater than the former. Lord, now there's going to be new creativity. Now there's going to be new design. Now there's going to be new relationships. Lord, you, this is what I hear the Lord saying. I hear the Lord saying that some of you are grieving so much because you're saying that relationship, I'll never get it back again. And you're grieving over it because it was someone who helped you, someone loved you, someone who was very close to you, and they're gone. But I want you to know, hear the word of the Lord. God is going to send you another person that is greater than the person you had before to help you in this situation. And there's going to be people in your life, in your church, in your ministry that are greater than ever before. And had you not gone through what you've gone through, it put you in a situation where you had to meet these other people so that when you see these other people that God is going to use to open doors for you, to help you, to serve in your ministry, to serve in your work, to launch your career, to help you in your destiny, you're going to actually go back, want to go back to the person who caused you so much pain and say, thank you. I, I just don't know how to thank you for that dark day because had it not been for that dark day, I would not be in this place of abundance. Had it not been for that dark day, I would not, I would not have what I have. So I just want to thank you that God gave me double for my shame, that God opened doors of destiny for me. And had you, had it been worked out any other way, I would not be where I am right now. So bless your heart. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. You turned it around and used it for good because the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, when Joseph saw his brothers, as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. Beloved saints, I want you to know that on this day of destiny, God wants to bless you. And I invite you to our website to subscribe on mydayofdestiny.com. That's mydayofdestiny.com. And beloved saints, I want you to know that you can download any of our former teachings. And also, I want to invite you to get our book, Secrets of the Anointing. Tell your friends about it. You can get it. It's published by Destiny Image Publishers. And it was seen on the nationwide telecast of Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. Don't miss it. Let God begin 
to show you the supernatural secrets of the anointing in your life, I really encourage you to get your copy. And now for those of you who would like to partner with us in our worldwide Hesed outreach for the poorest of the poor, you can do that at mydayofdestiny.com or you can also uh, text to give through Hesed. That is Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, and text it to 77977. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.